welcome to Asylum Stories. This is a podcast where we talk all things asylum related, the history and the patient experiences. I'm Hannah. Hey, uh, it's Scott. It's Scott. And I'm Scott. You doing good? (laughs) Yeah, no, I forgot forgot my name there. (laughs) You forgot your name? No, I just, I usually say I'm Scott, but I said hey first and then it threw me off a little bit. Hey, it's Scott. I'm Scott. uh, This is going to be an interesting episode. My name is Scott. (laughs) <laughs> it's episode three. Episode three. Episode three. What are you drinking this week? This week I am drinking just a regular old San Miguel in a can. Robin. Very, very classy. And what about yourself? I am having a glass of wine this week. Very classy. Yeah, Pinot Grigio. You made, it was an expensive bottle. Well, you bought it actually. So oh yeah, I did buy it. So was it an expensive bottle? No. How much was it? Um, five pounds something. What was, the, what was the percentage on it? Uh, 12%, which is oh, all well, the Oh, then that's fine. That's yeah. fine. The cheaper the wine, the higher the percentage. Yeah, so that's that's all you look for. Yeah, exactly. We have a game review for you this week. Well, I say game review. Again, I don't mean a review. I mean that we played a game and we'll let you know what we think about it. So, Scott, what did we play this week? So, we this week we played Emily Wants to Play. What did you think? It was awful. Not awful in the, sen- in the sense that it was an awful game. It was so scary. Yeah, so for our listeners who haven't played this, it's been out for a while, so a lot of people would have played it. You played the pizza delivery boy who delivers a pizza, everyone's gone home, or there's no one there. I, I don't actually know too much about the story, but either way, you need to survive until, I believe, six in the morning, and then those hours you will be visited by up to four ghosts. Is it 11 o'clock that you go in the house at? 11 o'clock and then it begins at 12. So you'll have three ghosts and then you ha- one of them isn't really a ghost. It's Emily herself, I mm-hmm. believe. But and the- she is just this creepy, horrible little girl with Wh- a pale white face no. and a black dress. Y- yes, uh-huh. but not the one you're thinking of. So the first person you see, I don't know the names as such, but Emily, that isn't Emily. Oh, I thought that was Emily. So I didn't make it very far through the game, so I'm assuming that I haven't seen Emily. No, but there was one part when we were playing where if you go into an area, you can see a window and you asked who's standing at the window. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then when you go into the room, there's just a massive ornament there. But what you saw originally was Emily. So you have the little doll girl. You have a clown. And like a wee leprechaun. A leprechaun. And then Emily herself. Yeah, so for the little girl, you need to... She giggles, you're like... And she was like, you, what, sorry? <laughs> like really cheeky. And when you hear that, you need to turn around and see her. And you can't look away from her until she like disappears. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she will get you with a jump scare. You've got the clown. So when you hear the clown, who sounds like, do, 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 that's what he sounds like. You don't move. And then he goes away. And he sounds quite defeated as well. Because he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put the leprechaun, then you need to run out of the room, whichever room you're in. Which sounds okay in theory, but as you later go on, everyone starts coming into play and they can fuck up the entire Yeah, they game can plan. come in at the same time. And the lights keep going off. And, yeah. we're, and we're not very good with keyboard and mouse yet. Yeah. We took a video of us playing this on my phone and I don't think I've ever screamed so loud playing a game. Jump scare bad. Yeah. It like was, really bad. Even the dog was freaking out because <laughs> I was so scared. If you like jump scares, 
I mean, the game itself, there's not much to it. You're surviving until six in the morning and it's sort of the same thing all the way through. It is scary. There is a lot of jump scares in it. It's really scary, but it's also addictive in the sense where you lose and you don't feel too defeated. A lot of it can be bad luck. As I said, when all three of them come into play, Mm-hmm. It can be really frustrating because you could just get caught at a really bad time where you need to move or you can't see in the dark and you get and you get fucked over, but you want to keep trying again. Yeah. Because you start feeling a little bit more confident each time you play. But overall, it's quite a fun little game to just pick up. So do you recommend it? The reason I recommend it is there's nothing too much to it. It's not too time consuming. You just have a good time. You get a few scares. It's way better if you play with someone else though because you see the reaction. What What do you think though? Yeah, I would recommend it. You shit your pants. Yeah, I, I shit <laughs> my pants. I actually refused to play it at one point because yeah, yeah <laughs> you, I hated the. You did well at one point though. There was one hour where you survived all the way through, but the entire time you're like, oh no, they're gonna get me. They're gonna get me. They're gonna get me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It was fun. So we need to find something for next week, maybe, as well. Yes, we do. I have a story for you this week. What a surprise. (laughs) What a surprise. Do you want to hear it? You know what? I didn't come upstairs, put my headphones on, not to hear a story. I'd be disappointed if I didn't hear a story. So, as always, Scott does not know what I'm going to be talking about, so that he can be just as surprised as you guys. This week we're going to be talking about North Wales Hospital, also known as Denby Asylum. I did Google how to pronounce Denby and I hope that I'm getting it right. It is spelt D-E-N-B-I-G-H and Google says that you pronounce it Denby. That is how I'll be referring to it throughout this story but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to be correcting you. I wasn't talking to you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? I'm more than ready. The construction of North Wales Hospital began in 1844 and was finished by 1848. It was initially a hospital for up to 200 people. However, by 1899, it was home to 1,500 patients. The hospital was closed in 1995. The hospital sits today now in a state of decay. In North Wales, the care of people with mental health conditions was poor. The hospital was part of a movement for the care of insane people towards better care. Prior to this, the belief that insane people should be dealt with by such methods such as bloodletting and flagellation to aid their inner demons, as well as seclusion and restraint. Do you know what bloodletting is? No. So bloodletting is removing blood from the body. It is thought that if you remove the poison blood from the body, it would cure you. Popular methods include leeches, arteriotomy, which was a process that involved puncturing the arteries in the temples, phlebotomy, which is a process where a large external vein would be cut to draw blood, and sacrification, which would be to use a set of tools to puncture the superficial blood vessels. During the Middle Ages, bloodletting was practiced by barbers, and that's why their pole is red and white. The red represents blood, and the white is the tourniquet. So, a couple of things there. Obviously, taking blood nowadays is still a thing. The blood can tell you a lot about what's going on inside the body but the whole mindset behind this is that if the poison blood is removed from the body it would cure you. So obviously taking blood is still a thing now. The idea behind it was different back then. What did you think about the barber's pole? I didn't know that to be honest. That's, did you not? No that's really interesting. Isn't it crazy that barbers used to take blood? Dual trade. 
Sweeney Todd and training. They can cut your hair and drain your blood. You just miss my Sweeney Todd joke. Do you know who Sweeney Todd is? Yeah, I know who Sweeney okay. Todd is. <laughs> That's fine. To be fair, I've never watched Sweeney Todd. Does he draw blood? We're going to have to watch Sweeney Todd. Does he cut hair? You'll see. Flagellation. Do you know what that is? Well, the last thing was drawing blood, lending your blood. So is this something to have given up your flag? <laughs> no. Off. It's literally beating the human body with whips and rods. Prior to this asylum opening, the belief was that insane people should be dealt with methods such as bloodletting and flagellation to aid their inner demons as well as seclusion and restraint. That's a recipe for not working. (laughs) Yeah. The 1845 Lunacy Act required asylums to be registered with the commission to have written regulations and have resident physicians. This was passed to improve standards of care. The hospital took on some characteristics that it intended to replace. There was a change in national concerns from the emphasis of the treatment of mentally ill people to the protection of the general public. Therefore, the hospital was similar to that of a workhouse. Patient welfare became of little importance. The hospital only had 200 beds. More people were admitted than were discharged or died. There were substantial extensions to the hospital to make room for more patients. And by 1956, there was 1,500 patients. Male and female patients were housed in separate wings and those who were able to were employed in tasks within the hospital grounds. The males worked in the gardens and in the on-site farm as well as tailoring, shoemaking and joinery. The women were assigned duties in the wash house and with sewing and cleaning. The hospital also had its own farm which included herds of pigs and cattle. Crop production, milk and meat were used to support the running of the hospital and provided employment opportunities for patients. Male patients thought likely to try and escape were employed in the water pumps, which had to be monitored all day. It needed to be operated by hand to keep the hospital's water supply running. A steam engine took over this in 1857. Originally, there was only nine attendants, five for the male patients and four for the female patients. There would often be no staff present at night, which led to the staff coming in for a shift in the morning and finding their patients had committed suicide or had epileptic fits. Night shifts were not actually arranged until 1860, when the asylum had reached its capacity of 200 patients. So what happened at night time? A free-for-all by the sounds of it. So suicides, probably who knows what else going yeah, on at yeah. that time. That was just two examples of probably what could have happened, but there was probably a lot more. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot more. I find that really interesting that it took them a long time to implement night shift. So yeah, the hospital opened up in 1848, and night shifts were not arranged until 1860. So how many years is that? 12. That's a long time. Did yeah. they just think everyone goes to bed and then that's it? And especially if they're deemed as such a danger to the public, what do you think they're going to do in that those 12 years of many hours at night time left alone, unattended for? Extensions were added to the hospital. A chapel was built in 1862, an extension to the main building for 150 more patients in 1865, a bakery in 1868, a brewery in 1868, Turkish baths installed in 1871, another extension was added for 160 more patients and a dining room for 400 patients was added in 1881 and during this year the chapel was extended. In 1897, a laundry, boiler house and engine room and an isolation ward was then completed by 1902. During 1903 and 1905, more accommodation was built. In 1926, 
more accommodation was bought to accommodate 25 to 30 useful female patients. By 1933 to 1934, other buildings were built, including the nurses' quarters. Building work continued right up until 1969. That's a lot of building work. It's a lot of expansion. Clearly the hospital was not big enough. I mean, that's just ridiculous. They continued building until 1969, but then closed in 1995. You'd also think with all the extensions there'd be more room for the patients. Well, the extensions were quickly filled with patients and overcrowding was a huge issue. Beds were being moved into the corridors and hallways and apparently there was even patients sleeping on the floor. Beds were so close together that patients had to get out of the bed at the foot of the bed and it was so overcrowded that patients were being sent out to English asylums, negating the primary purpose for which it was originally built. There were plans to build a second asylum in North Wales, however this never happened. I think it's shocking. The overcrowding has got to the point where you're sleeping in the corridors. That's not good. And then if you're in a room and you're so close you have to get out the, the end of your bed, who knows what was going on in these rooms? People had no privacy or anything. How are the staff supposed to deal with something like that as well? Though? Yes, exactly. And how are you supposed to know where someone is? You would be losing track. It would be like herding sheep. What if there was an emergency as well? But then again, I doubt they had like emergency buzzers or anything. Are you talking about more if there was like an, uh, an evacuation? Either, yeah. either, yeah. It's hard to keep track of people because if people are sleeping in corridors, so-and-so sleeps in that bed next to that, that bin. Or, the, the I, was say, I was going to say trash can, but I was like, wait, no, 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 I'm non-American. Why am I saying trash can? <laughs> like, patient so-and-so is next to a, f- a plant. You would lose track of people, and plus it wouldn't be safe for these people in the corridor. I wouldn't feel safe being in the corridor, sleeping, but then again, I wouldn't be comfortable going to bed, sleeping so close to someone that I need to get out the foot of my bed. Like, fair enough, with your buddies, your girlfriend, whatever, your boyfriend, like, do that, but someone you don't know, you don't know what's wrong with them or what's wrong with mm-hmm. you. The only treatments available for many years was employment and recreational activities and physical care. Apparently the hospital's infrastructure would not have been able to function without patient labour. So the kitchens and everything, they were all worked in by the patients. And they're saying that the hospital wouldn't have been able to function if it weren't for the patients working in these places. It shouldn't be up to the patients to make up the numbers for working. Nowadays, that's saying you don't have enough patients to run the hospitals. That would make no sense. And it makes even little sense back then. By the sounds of it, it's really, really overcrowded. Maybe give the patients something to do. And I think that's a good thing that... I know what you're saying, the hospital shouldn't rely on it. I think it's really good that these people have a chance to work, to gain skills, gain confidence and make themselves feel more normal and as you said it might break up the, the monotony or the, the situation itself which has been stuck in that place and I think that's really beneficial to them but the reliance on them to actually keep it going is a bit wrong. Treatment was initially limited to sedation and Turkish baths. They used to sedate people using chlorohydrate. I think we're going to need to do a little episode on the different treatments that were used. Maybe we should do a special episode just purely based on the treatments then. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, just the treatments used. Oh, that would be fun. In the first years of the North Wales Hospital, staff apparently complained that they were unable to find suitable activities for the amusement of the patients. In 1849, the medical officer requested that a number of outdoor entertainments for patients be created. A bowling green was created, as well as a skittle ground and a flower garden. Patients also went on guided walks into the surrounding countryside. Outdoor activities became an important aspect of the hospital. It had its own staff and patient cricket and football teams. Male patients were admitted into local league games free of charge. 
When the weather was nice, they had an annual sports day and flower shows. In the winter, they had weekly dances, as well as concerts, choirs and drama productions. They also played games such as whist, bingo and chess. In 1914, a cinema was installed and by 1954, each ward has its own radio and television. I think that's really good. So it says, in the first years... Well, the first few years sound promising. That's that sounds, yeah. that sounds quite cool. You it does sound up. promising. It sounds like what they needed. Again, this is stuff they deserve to be treated and exposed to. Going to the cinema, that's great. Playing football, bowling greens, you said. Yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. And flower gardens as well. That's quite interesting. This is the first one that we've covered that actually had some recreational activities. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I think this is why it sounds so good. Is because the first two we've covered, there's been nothing like that here in well, the first few years anyway, in terms of what they're implementing for them to do. Quite... And it took for the staff to complain about that as well. So the, the staff were the ones that recognised that there wasn't enough for their patients to do. And it's good that they've recognised that they mm-hmm. brought it forward and I don't know who's funded it but they've funded all these things and I think that's yeah. good. You can see what this hospital wanted to be. They wanted to treat mentally ill people mm. and they wanted to provide a safe and secure place yeah. for them. In 1930, the hospital changed its name to North Wales County's Mental Hospital. During this time, new chemical treatments were becoming available. Cardiazole was used to induce fits, malaria for the treatment of schizophrenia, and electroconvulsive therapy. Insulin was also used to induce a coma. Initially, electroconvulsive therapy was used, but without anaesthetic. But this meant that the patients were breaking their limbs during the process. During the late 1930s, Overcrowding became so intense that disease started breaking out, such as influenza, TB, typhoid and dysentery. So again, insulin for inducing a coma. be quite interesting to see why they used that to, yeah. for a treatment. By the 1940s, staff shortages were very high. Previously, women were not allowed to work on the male wards and had to leave the asylum if they wanted to get married. With men, they were allowed to get married, but they had to live off-site. As the staff shortages were so high, staff were allowed to get married and work across all aspects of the hospital and they were allowed to talk to one another. These actions would have been previously punishable and dismissible. That's really odd that you can't talk to someone else just because you're another... But male and female. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is that? Because the staff shortages were so high. They were, yeah, talk to each other, we don't care anymore, just please staff our rewards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, one patient story for you. Only the one this week? Only the one. Samuel Morris was admitted to the North Wales Hospital on the 31st of August 1917. He was a former soldier who was discharged from the army because he was no longer fit for service. On admission, he was found to have no idea of time, place, incoherent speech, tremor of the tongue, face and limbs. He was diagnosed with general paralysis of the insane. It's a neuropsychiatric disorder which causes degenerative changes in the brain. It is understood that GPI was the outcome of untreated syphilis. It shows that he was diagnosed with syphilis in South Africa while serving in the army. There was a rise in the number of patients admitted with GPI following the First World War. In 1922, the treatment was malarial therapy, which involved infecting the patients with malaria to induce a fever. 
In the 1940s, the problems caused by syphilis nearly disappeared because of the invention of penicillin. All I'm saying is thank God for penicillin. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't underst- I don't understand how infecting someone with malaria can help. Yeah, by inducing a fever, I don't get that either. Surely that's just adding to his troubles. <laughs> yeah. More than anything, right? It's a shame that something that is treatable now obviously was the cause of him having general paralysis of the insane. I've got a little ghosty things for you now, though. Wait a second. We didn't have too many patient stories, but you've got ghost stories. No, I've not got ghost stories. I have some things that have been seen around the hospital. Oh, well, that's interesting. This is a new segment. See, I'm genuinely surprised. I didn't I didn't expect that. You throw me off guard. Most haunted have been to visit this asylum. So, a number of ghosts have been reported in this hospital. Sorry to any of our listeners that don't believe in ghosts, but we believe in ghosts. I believe in ghosts. There's too much death and bad things going on. Not everyone just disappears. disappears. The ghosts seen around the hospital include figures that have been seen walking... There have also been sites of witches in the isolation ward. Witches? Witches. I don't know where that comes from. Is this a classical witch? Maybe. (laughs) Or how would you know if you've seen a witch? Because they're green and they've got big noses. (laughs) (laughs) On the upper floors, I love what I've written here. I've put demons apparently, question mark. Demons? In the cellars, a witch's house. A witch's house? In the infirmary, two old ladies... That's believable. I can believe the two old ladies yeah. one in the infirmary, yep. In the morgue, a 1940s matron and lab assistant. In the treatment ward, screams have been heard. I can 100% believe that. Yeah, me too. First of all, is this people who've just went back to ghost hunt? Yeah. Which have heard these things or yeah. seen these things. Out of all of them, what do you believe and what do you not believe? I believe 1940s matron and lab assistant, the two old ladies and the screams. I think they're... Yeah, you're probably going to see something like that if you go to um, an abandoned asylum. But the demons and the witch's house, <laughs> I just don't get that. I would love to know what a witch looks like. I just told you, green with a big nose. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I used to dress up for Halloween when I was younger. Yeah, my mum used to paint me green. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like nobody went as a witch. I always used to go as a witch. I've got a joke for you. Go on then. How do you make a witch itch? Don't know. Take away her W. Mm. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Um, I remembered it from when I was a witch. Did you get any mail? Any laughs? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, it just made you laugh there. Yes, you did. But I, de- I never saw any witches when I was trick-or-treating. I feel like that was something which was so overdone and never happened. I always used to just see screen masks. If gonna... you wore a screen mask, you were not making an effort for Halloween. But if you had the screen mask with the, the blood which would come down the face... Nah. You were making an effort. Nah. Yeah. Nah. In terms of ghosts, I believe hearing screams in the treatment rooms, I think that would have been a place where a lot of people would have felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. There would have probably been a lot of uncomfortable treatment in there and there would have been a lot of resistance. So I, I can imagine a restless spirit being there. The other ghosts kicking around the place as well. Again, yeah, I believe 
people who used to work there or be residing there, especially who spent many years there. The only thing I have doubts about is the witch. It's a shame that the building work had to continue to make room for the patients. It proves that there was need for a building like this. But let us not forget, not all of these patients were mentally ill. Some women were expecting a child and some were unmarried. Some were hidden away because of the family's shame. Some just didn't follow the family line and family would pay to imprison someone just to keep them out of the way. Some people would pretend to be ill so that they didn't have to go to a workhouse. Life was hard, but it was like living in a village. If you were well enough, you could work your days away on the farm and on the grounds. And that is the story of North Wales Hospital. Very different story to the first two we've been told. This place didn't sound, apart from overcrowding, short staff. It doesn't sound like there was much mistreatment here. There obviously was some horrible treatment methods that were used, such as electroconvulsive therapy and I'm assuming the insulin used to induce a coma. I can't imagine that would be a very pleasant thing. That's just my opinion anyway. Again though, this is a sign of the times of treatments used back then. However, on the broad spectrum for what we've already discussed, this place sounded quite a different kind of place. Yeah. In I... terms of they had all these different amenities and trying to engage them in work and the yeah, like cinema guard and stuff. You actually said at the end they live off the rest of their life in this area. I think the idea was there. The idea to have a high-functioning hospital for mm. all of these people to go, but it just wasn't big enough. It just wasn't big enough and they didn't have the staff to yeah. make it work as well as what they wanted. Yeah. But compared to the first two we've already discussed in previous episodes, much better, I guess? Hmm. What are you giving it for effort? I mean, out of effort, I mean, with the revision, I'm going to give it a, an 8 execution is probably going to be less than a five okay. <laughs> if we're rating hosp- if we're rating asylums now are we rating them scott has spoken so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> any final words scott i think that was really interesting to did be you honest. enjoy that i did really enjoy that it was a bit different wasn't it it was much different this time around i think one thing we definitely need to do is discuss treatments yeah for about and that should be our next episode okay Okay, so you, you know agree? what the next episode's going to be. To to give other people, and as well as ourselves, the idea of what we're actually talking about. Yeah, because we, yeah. we have an idea. When you talk about like electrotherapy and stuff, you have an idea from watching films and yeah, cartoons. Yeah, and ho- how Hollywood depicts something. But we've covered a couple of things today where I don't understand what the thinking was behind that. And I think mm-hmm. that would be really interesting. I can imagine that in future episodes, we're going to be discussing or bringing these methods up to give ourselves and our listeners more an insight into what these are. That'd be a good idea. So next week, if we hear about some sort of therapy treatment which involved a bubble bath and a French horn we're going to be like, oh, that that makes sense now. We know the reason behind that. A bubble bath and a French horn. I don't know. It's the first two things that came to my head. <laughs> well, you, if, if you had said, well, well, if you had said to me at the beginning of this episode, insulin is going to be used to um, induce a coma, it could be, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it could be a goose. Right, I don't know. There could be a, I don't know. So I think we will end there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Asylum Stories. We hope that you have enjoyed it and that you will join us next week. So until then, we will see you later. Bye. Bye.